From Washington, I'm David Schultz, and this is Talking Tax. Dinuba is a town of about 20,000 people in California's Central Valley. If you've heard of it, you may have heard of its annual Raisin Day Festival. What you probably haven't heard of is that when anyone anywhere in California buys something online from the company Best Buy, all of the local sales tax gets remitted to Danuba. Yes, all of it. If you live in L.A., San Francisco, Sacramento, anywhere in the state, and you buy something at BestBuy.com, Danuba gets your local sales tax. And Best Buy isn't the only company that has this arrangement with a town in California. Apple, Nike, Williams-Sonoma, Walmart... All of them struck deals in which they remit all of their e-commerce sales tax to one town. Why, you might be asking? Well, it's simple. The towns agreed to give the companies a cut of the revenue. Bloomberg correspondent Laura Mahoney has been reporting on these deals for a while, and she just came out with a new story about how deals like Best Buy's work and what they're doing to municipal revenues in the Golden State. For today's podcast, she spoke to editor Bernie Cohn about how e-commerce, with its lack of bricks-and-mortar stores, set the stage for all of this. Laura says the rules we use today for where sales tax should be remitted date back to more or less the 1950s. So it's the 1950s and it's time to buy your kids some back to school clothes and you go to the local JCPenney and you load them up on sneakers and jeans and that's where you live, that's where you drove, that's where you parked. It made sense that the place where you use the infrastructure got that local sales tax money. Fast forward to the e-commerce era, and when it's time to go back to school shopping, we all go online now, and we buy our kids' clothes and laptops and headphones and whatnot. We all go online to buy that now, and the warehouse, the companies that we're buying that stuff from have these warehouses in these cities, and that's where this local portion of the sales tax goes. So in the case that we focused on here, Best Buy is relying on this rule that the money goes where the transaction takes place to assign all sales in California at bestbuy.com to the city of Dinuba. And now this happens in a lot of places, and there may not necessarily be a sales tax sharing agreement that goes with it. And in this case, there's also a lawyer who brokered the deal. He gets 10% of the total as well um, for 40 years. That those are the basic mechanics of it. So let's say I, I live in Sacramento and I order a pair of speakers. So I would think that normally that if the 1% local sales tax that I'm paying on that would be going to the city of Sacramento. But what you're telling me, no, it's not. That money is all ending up in a place called Danuba in the Central Valley of California. And that half of that money is going back to Best Buy itself. Yes, exactly. If I went to the Best Buy in Sacramento and bought my speakers in person, Sacramento would get my tax money. But if I go online, Dinuba gets my tax money. So how how widespread are these deals? Are they all over California? We don't know exactly. There's no master list or database. The League of California Cities is working on putting a list together. But based on the reporting that we've done, Um, There's at least a few dozen California cities that have them out of almost 500. So it's a small percentage that are basically concentrating a lot of this revenue in a few places, hinging on this 
idea that the tax is assigned based on the location of the transaction, not the customer. Texas is the only other state that has rules somewhat analogous to California's, and they also have some tax sharing agreements there. But the state controller doesn't like that and issued some regulations trying to switch the rules. About five cities that have these tax sharing agreements are suing him, saying that he's exceeded his authority. So California and Texas, the only places where you'd really find deals like this. So this sounds like a kind of a no-lose proposition, at least for the people who have these deals, right? It's the the city is basically scooping up all this tax money just by claiming that some warehouse in their town distributes all these products. So the city benefits, the company gets back all this money, and as you say, there's a lawyer who brokered this whole deal who gets a cut of it for himself. It uh, sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Uh, does anybody lose? Uh, so far, not really. You know, the company benefits in a couple ways. Obviously, they get a bunch of money, and that's great They for them. They also, it's easier tax administration for them, too, because they're only assigning all of this revenue to one place instead of having to worry about making sure that a bunch of different cities get what they're supposed to get. The lawyer is obviously benefiting. He's gotten more than $8 million. And the city will always argue that, all the cities that have these deals will always argue that even though they give a lot of it away, the amount that they keep is still a significant amount and it's worth it. But the state tax department has been taking a closer look at these deals of late and examining whether the transactions claimed in these places are legit. So for example, there's a city just in the next county over from Dinuba called Shafter that has a deal with William Sonoma and the tax department's claiming that this one call center that they have there is not the place where the orders are be, are taking place. They're actually taking place where the warehouse is in the LA area. And so there's a big dispute about where the money should go. So Danuba's deal with Best Buy was one that you spotlighted like three years ago in your original series of stories. So what was it about that deal that really fascinating you made you decide to take a closer look? The idea that there's this small city with this huge warehouse run by a giant company and that they would tie their fortunes together so closely was fascinating. And when we talk about tax incentives, they're always sold as a way to increase jobs or strengthen an economy, but we very rarely are able to say whether those promises are ever fulfilled. And, you know, Dinuba is a discreet, much more discreet place where I was hoping we could really examine what the tangible impacts of this deal are. How much money has come in? What has the city done with the money? Has it changed the quality of life there? To a large extent, we did dig into that and try to answer that question. We found that the city does pay its workers on average more than its similarly situated neighbors, but the rate of the crime rate, the poverty rate, the unemployment rate, they're not appreciably better there or nor have they changed much over the years, the six, seven years since this deal has been in place. And so anytime that we could try to answer the question, how did this tax incentive change anything? That's a worthy exercise in my mind. I I, I think that overall, it's very difficult to ever know for sure. Right. And you really framed this story as kind of a story of the haves and have nots. 
And as you said, there are these deals all over California, so it became, uh, you know, it was a good device to look at Danuba and then its neighboring and very, very similar city, Reedley. Uh, talk a little bit about what you found in terms of the, not only the impact on Danuba, as you said, they've got this, this influx of money and they're building all this stuff, but there's a flip side impact on Reedley as well. Right. Um, Reedley is about five miles down the road and Reedley and Danuba really consider themselves sister cities. They're, they're similar in so many ways. Um, but the people in Reedley, the leaders of Reedley have no interest in having a deal like this. And because of that, they're pretty much, you know, scrounging for quarters in the sofa cushions. Um, their, their budget is on a very thin margin. They don't have any extra. They, they're always trying to find ways to fund things. They had to go to voters to ask for a tax, local tax increase in 2020. And they're watching Dinuba hire away some of its cops uh, because Dinuba is paying more. You know, and, and the city leaders in Reedley, they're, you know, Reedley is a perfect example of who the losers are because when Dinuba and the other cities with these deals kind of suck up these large amounts of sales tax revenue, all these other smaller places like Reedley, the amount that would be going to them isn't huge compared to how much it's getting sucked up by the cities with the deals, but it, it's a, an amount that they would notice. One thing we haven't really touched on yet is what the responsibilities are of the companies that go into these kinds of deals. What did Best Buy have to do to be able to guarantee itself uh, you know, 50% of the money? If this is supposed to be about incentives for economic growth, what do they have to do to keep getting this money? Usually nothing or next to nothing. Um, in Dinuba's case, they kind of sort of have to keep at least as many employees as they had when they first cut this deal in 2015, which was 285. But um, really, there's no consequences if they went below that number. And, and I found that in most of the other deals that I found in other cities, that there are no real hard strings attached. And yet we're talking pretty significant money that they're making here. So, I mean, give give uh, give our listeners some idea of, you know, how much money, you know, Danuba's taking in, how much money is, how much money is Apple getting from a deal which they've had since like before Steve Jobs was there, right? Um, what kind of, what kind of money are we talking about here? Right. So um, in Danuba, their overall sales tax revenue has gone up from about, $5 million a year to a peak of about $30 million a year. Um, and Dinuba has paid Best Buy since the money started flowing in 2016, uh, more than $38 million. The lawyer has gotten more than $8 million since then. Um, Apple's deal dates back to 1997 and the city of Cupertino has assigned has paid Apple 105 million dollars since that time. Yeah, I guess we could have a, we could have a whole other discussion on whether Apple needs another 105 million dollars, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, so to put together two thoughts that you just had there is that you know Best Buy has gotten you know well over 30 million dollars as a result of this, but then right before that you said that they don't really have to do anything to keep getting this money, and I assume these deals 
these are not like year to year deals. These are long term. Yes. They last 25, 30, 40 years. And so it's really just kind of an automatic thing. Every quarter, the company invoices the city and the city cuts a check. And then the lawyer after Best Buy gets paid invoices the city and says, this is how much you paid Best Buy. Here's my invoice for my share. So it's just kind of on autopilot um, for 40 years. So this lawyer, this lawyer is also getting payments in perpetuity, not just like some you know, commission for setting up the deal in the first place? Yes. He, um, he has a separate contract with the city that gives him 10%. As long as the deal exists between Dinuba and Best Buy, his contract says he gets 10% of the total that Dinuba gets. Wow. So, yeah, you put all that together, and then I guess you sort, sort of ask the question is, uh, you know, what does the state legislature uh, think of all this? And, you know, after your rep- initial reporting back in 2019, the legislature did, in fact, pass a bill that, for, that basically forbid any more deals. Uh, but Governor Newsom vetoed it. Why was that? He, um, he embraced the arguments of the cities that have these deals and said, you know, these are important tools for economic development and we don't want to kill them. Um, and also the, re- the California Retailers Association made that argument as well. He sided with them. Their arguments won the day. The state sales tax department, the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration, has a re- report coming out soon that would quantif- try to quantify more clearly how much cities are winning and losing because no one really knows right now. We know how much the cities that are getting the money through these deals are receiving, but we don't necessarily know this dispersed effect of how much hundreds of other cities are losing because the money's concentrating and flowing to a few places. So they're trying to quantify that. And one other question that was that was sort of left hanging was, and if people were sort of listening to your describing the role of the lawyer here, so here is a guy negotiating a deal between cities and companies, and in the middle of that, negotiating a percentage for himself, more or less in perpetuity. Uh, people might kind of wonder, is is that on the up and up? Um, a lot of people wonder that. Um, the Fair Political Practices Commission, which is the state ethics watchdog agency, investigated him for a few years. And just re- last month, decided that what he's doing is not a violation of rules against self-dealing. That was reporter Laura Mahoney speaking with editor Bernie Cohn. And that's it for today's podcast. You can find up-to-minute news and latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz. Rachel Daigle is our editor. Our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. Hello, podcast listeners. If you don't already know On the Merits, our weekly podcast devoted to legal and government news, it's a show that features the very best of Bloomberg Law and Bloomberg Government, newsrooms that boast among the largest number of credentialed journalists in D.C. When you listen to On the Merits, you'll hear about the groundbreaking developments in the courts, in Congress, and in the alphabet soup of federal agencies that run Washington and our nation. 
Our show is by and about legal and government policy nerds, and we say that lovingly. It's a nerd's eye view of what professionals in the legal and government space need to know. But you do not have to be a nerd to listen. Check out our show on the merits and find new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find our archive of shows at news.bloomberglaw.com slash podcasts.